I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Sports Sit Down podcast. This is episode four. Uh, today I'm back with Joe and Nathan. Hello guys. Hi. How are we? Good. Well, not good after Chelsea, but... Yeah, it's becoming a weekly sort of mood this, isn't it? What about you, Joe? How are you? Great for me, watching yeah. you two look so defeated. Glad, I'm glad that you're happy, mate. Yeah, um, yeah let's, let's kick off with uh, the, FA Cups, uh, the FA Cup this weekend. Uh, mainly Chelsea, who lost 2-0 at home to Manchester United last night, Monday night. Um, Nathan, I'm going to go straight to you. This is a reoccurring theme, mate. What? Yeah, um, it was poor, really. Chelsea, I mean, the dominant possession as per, but nothing at the end of it. 2-0 um, down at half-time, and you're expecting something to change, but we all know how Sarri operates, and the formation tactics and style all stayed the same. The substitutions were just really poor. Kovacic for Barkley. I mean, we see that every week. Every team knows that's going to happen. Pedro for Willian again. And then with 10 minutes left, you think, maybe bring on Giroud for some long balls up into the box. Or Hudson-Odoi, you know. Yeah, Hudson-Odoi as well. Youngster, like really highly talented. Um, but no, he just does Aspilicueta for Zapacosta, a right back for a right back. I mean, that's not going to win you the game or even try to get a goal back, is it really? Um, Sarri's just not helping his case at the minute and he's on thin ice at Stamford Bridge how long do you give him I think like like we said the, the last so, couple some of, people were saying that they'd be surprised if he even survived last night well I think last couple of episodes we've, we've all kind of said I mean obviously we didn't know about this result last night but we've kind of said that this month is going to be key um, mm -hmm, yeah. I think depending on how the, the Carabao Cup final goes that could be the end of Sarri um Obviously, if it if it's an, if it's a narrow defeat to City or if it's a win, then you know they have no reason really to get rid of him. But um, obviously, if it's another six nil, then they're really gonna have to you know evaluate their plans and see whether they want to keep him on or not. Personally, for me, I think it is looking like the end of the road for Sarri. Um, just the case of the two nil defeat against Man United, he went with exactly the same players that got humiliated by Man City. So nothing's really going to change from that point of view. Um, he's just stubborn beyond belief. His plan A has been 100% found out by everyone from Arsenal to Bournemouth. And he's got no plan B and he refuses to compromise on his football ideology. It's just the same every week. Everyone knows how Chelsea are going to turn up. Um, he's got one of the best youth academies in the world, really. Andreas Christensen and, as you said, Hudson-Odoi. Um, Loftus-Cheek as well, but he refuses to bring him on they could offer something different to the uh, underperforming veterans at the club but nothing's changed there and then he's playing and Gola Kante essentially has a winger on the right um, when his best position is defensive midfielder and he is the best defensive midfielder in the world in my opinion and he just plays Georgina as a regista there constantly getting uh, man marked out of the game Chelsea are not allowed to control the possession or the uh, tempo the way he would like and it just shuts the whole team down I mean, then the fence is a bit of a mess. Marcus Alonso can't defend to save his life. And uh, Aspilicueta, who has been a consistent 7 out of 10 for Chelsea, is now 
really underperformed this season. David Ruiz, we all know, is a liability in a two-man defence. Somebody needs a Snickers, Jesus. Well, <laughs> I've got more, don't worry, boys. <laughs> Sarri ball, it's just completely always backwards and sideways, past with nothing at the end of it. There's no creativity, no energy, no intensity, no directness, no desire, no nothing. There is a distinct lack of goals and chance creation. He's on borrowed time, and if he loses the League Cup final on Sunday, then he is almost definitely out the door. So, just to clarify, Nathan, what what is your thoughts on Sarri? Out, out. Okay, I I don't know if I I was a bit confused by what you were saying. So, well, we also know the fans aren't a massive fan of him either. After some of the chants yeah. um, and expletives which yeah. were chanted um, our, our last night's game, some we can't repeat on this podcast. Yeah, no, we, unfortunately, we'd like but, to, but unfortunately, no. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Um, yeah, I mean, it for me it's a bit of a weird one because it. I don't know. It's just the last couple of weeks. It's all just kind of just. It's just like a landslide where it's just gone from bad to worse. Um, no thing you could have predicted it really. We all knew that Chelsea's squad um, needed needs freshening up. Um, when we look at quite how like the average age of the squad. Like Nathan said, we have got the youth players there. If they're not in the squad, then they're out on loan. Um, but we're just not using them enough. Uh, but I really don't know who we'd go for if we were to get rid of Sarri. I mean, people are saying Zidane, yeah, but it, he's already he's previously stated you know, when he was linked with United that he doesn't really have an interest in managing in the Premier League. Um, people always say Allegri, but I don't know if Chelsea could attract a manager of that calibre because he's currently at Juve and they're tearing it up in Serie A. Um, what manager would really go near Chelsea that's what I mean. barge pool at the minute? That's what I mean. It's uh, looking like Europa League again. Um, and then, you know, it's going to be hard. It'll then be hard again for them to bring in their own players. And we saw that with Sarri in the summer. He wasn't able to put his authority on the squad. So it's just going to be a recur- reoccurring theme, especially now that we're not getting as much back in from uh, from the owner. Um, from a Man United standpoint, how do you think they performed in the game? Because um, while Chelsea did perform poorly, you can't take it away from I wouldn't Man United. say United were particularly great, but they didn't really need to be. I mean, they just played counter-attacking football and it just worked effectively. I mean, crosses into the box, scored from two headers, from uh, deep line runs from midfielders, um, Herrera and Pogba. Rashford was lively up front up for it Matt did, did a job on Jorginho limited Louise's influence on the ball I just think United really it weren't really excellent but it's all they needed to do and yeah. they won it can't always be a you know a, a pretty performance but as we've seen with uh, Chelsea in the past like under Mourinho and Conte you've got to get the job done sometimes and you can't go out and play this expansive football um, and again Solskjaer's making up wins and big wins as well see We'll, we'll touch on it shortly, but obviously last week they did lose 2-0 to PSG, so it would have been a bit of a sour taste in the, the United uh, mouths. But um, they're, they're, they'll be happy to get, you know, to get back to, uh, with a victory. Um, yeah, I, I, only, I didn't really catch much of the game, to be fair. I watched the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, and it, to me, it looked like, besides the, the early chance for United... Um, it looked like Chelsea were in control. Large um, sections of possession, you know, lots of passing. But then again, is it is it is all this passing worthless because we're yeah. not actually getting the end result of goals? I don't know. It's what do you think, Joe? 
uh, about what in particular? Like the the way we're playing. Do we need to revert back to more of a defensive counter attacking style, or because obviously this this experiment with more of a you know a prettier style it hasn't really worked so far. Um, I don't really have as much of an opinion on it as obviously you two do because I don't follow Chelsea week in week out. I just know that something needs to change definitely. Whether that's Sari says he needs a whole squad shake up, whether that's the case or I think at this point he hasn't really got the fans behind him as we touched upon earlier. So I definitely think that they may need a manager who will. Um, we. Oh, oh, oh God. Is he converting? I know I said they. I definitely oh, said they. Did you say they? I'm pretty sure I said they. I, I pray I said they. It was they. a close call. We've got yeah. VAR on it. <laughs> Sorry, continue. We. Um, a manager who maybe adapts his play style more. Um, often than Sari does at the moment. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. It? He's very, you know, he's been very stubborn in his in his approach. I think this is the thing that you'll see. Like it all happened in the summer where he's brought in late, but he did say, you know, he's kind of made a rod for his own back in the fact that he was quoted as saying like he's really happy with the squad in the summer and he mm. doesn't pick the players. He'll work with yeah. them. And now he said then months later. It, you know he's using this you know he's com- completely flipped the argument and is saying that in fact he needs players he wants to change the squad so you've you've got to pick one one or the other um yeah i don't i don't really know what it's like we said we we touch one chelsea every week and it's just the same sort of comments we're making it's it's getting a bit repetitive now yeah. Anything else you guys want to add about the, the Man United-Chelsea game? I think I've got everything out of my system for that one. <laughs> really? Um, As a Chelsea fan, would you like to? <laughs> <laughs> well, so you reckon if he, if if Chelsea get battered again on Sunday, could you be... Could he, he could quite possibly go out on Thursday if uh, Chelsea get knocked out of the Europa League. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, could he... There's only a mile Because they've got, they've got, they've got, yeah. they've got Tottenham midweek um, next week. So if he does get battered by City and he's still there, do you think that's probably his last his last stand? Most likely, to be fair. Uh, um, um, so I think it'll be so low that we just can't. Yeah, it's you know, already like really toxic. Yeah, I mean, like we said, the fans, even just some turned. former players now, like Marcel Desailly and Chris Sutton, have just said it's over for Sarri. So everyone's thinking it really. Once you lose the fans, it's kind of yeah. It's yeah. hard to win them back. You've got no one to even back you. Um, unless there's anything else you guys want to say, I think the sooner we move on, the better, to be fair. Yeah, there weren't much... Yet. The other games in the FA Cup were quite, I don't want to say stale, but... Nothing th- major they, going on. There could on. have been a big cup upset if Newport had pulled something out of the bag. And yeah. for the first half, I actually thought it looked not promising, but they kept City at bay, something which yeah, other teams like haven't really had. To, yeah, they've not yeah. Had to, well, you saw how Chelsea got torn apart with it by City. Yeah. They had to bring it back up again. But yeah, Newport kept them at bay, especially for um, such a small club. Where are they? Is it League, League two? 2? Yeah, yeah. Mi- yeah, middle of League 2. 80-something places between the two clubs. Yeah. In the yeah. I mean... Their ground, oh, I saw some right pictures. There's like, there was pictures of people um, hanging out of windows on the roads um opposite the stadium because it was obviously a sellout game yeah but yeah. you could literally look in from your like bedroom window if yeah. you live next it's, to the it's ground what, it's yeah that's, that's the thing you kind of associate that with you know local. these big yeah these big local 
uh, games. I think I've got it down down as um, just under 8,000 people can go into the stadium. It's not the smallest in the country, but it's yeah up there. I mean, they'd still probably make more noise than they would at the Etihad, but, you know. Um, yeah. Um, so, obviously, like we said, 4-1, Man City won that. So, not as, not as easy and convincing as they would have liked, but, again, they got the job done got the momentum and now they've got the big game against Chelsea on Sunday. They were resting players as well. Yeah, yeah. So Foden had a good game. Yeah, Foden. Yeah. Um, I mean, what about Sané? How how good a player is he? And he's still only 22. What is it something like, oh, I don't know the exact, is it something like 26 goal involvements in 38 games? Yeah. Something like that is him ridiculous. And, him and Sterling, I mean, they're set for like a decade really. That's what I mean. 22 and 23 respectively. Like, they, they're seeing you out for another probably eight years something like that, at the, at the peak of their powers um, yeah what about what about the other games obviously like Wolves won but yeah it was um, locally there was Doncaster v Palace um, oh, locally yeah, yeah. Pa- Palace uh, won that 2-0 um, the rest of the games there did you see any... the, uh, the goal Swansea goal no, no. What, what was it Daniel James his rapid pace no, no, yeah. I, I, I didn't keep, catch up with. Oh, the rest on of the, the games. counter, I think from a corner or something, and he just glides past, bombing forward. It probably beaten Bappy in a race with that sort of speed. Usain's got some rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Should we? Unless there's anything else we can say, I don't really think there is. No. Like it, we said, you know, Brighton beating Derby two-one. Um. Ashley Cole. First ever yeah, FA Cup goal. First ever FA Cup goal. goal. Sorry, not game. Yeah. <laughs> After obviously thirty-eight years of age, um, seven and s- yeah, seven seven FA Cup winner medals. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see him see him back in you know in England applying his trade. But it'd have been nice to see uh, on a bit of an unrelated topic still in the FA Cup though. Wimbledon caused quite a nice upset if they'd have managed to beat Millwall um, because oh, yeah. Wimbledon are sat rock bottom of League One at the moment, so it'd yeah. been kind of nice to see. Because I think so. I think every team who are in the quarters are now Premier League or Championship. Yeah. Um, Millwall actually, I think, are the lowest ranked team now, really? sitting yeah. near the bottom of the well, Championship. I think Watford as well, didn't they? Pick up a win. Yeah, yeah. Who did they play against? Uh, QPR. Oh, okay. And what was the score? Do you know? One nil. Again, it wasn't. There weren't any large score lines like a couple yeah. of weeks ago with City and Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we'll move on to the Champions League, boys. Yeah. Uh, just talking about the games last week. Now, um, if you remember, guys, we did make the predictions. Um, which one do you, do you fancy talking about first? Should we go United, United versus PSG. Yeah. yeah Have a little sure. talk about that. I mean, we said it earlier. It was perhaps a bit of a surprise, you know, with PSG without uh, Cavani and Neymar. You'd be thinking Man United would be licking their lips at this tie, thinking. We could, we could, you know, get some go- get a goal or two at our ground, take it to the part of France and make it a little bit more comfortable for us to defend. But, um, but it just didn't work out like that, did it? 2-0 to PSG. I put I went for 2 all. Uh, what about you guys? I ended up last week predicting May United to win 3-1. That obviously Oof. backfired big time. What do you go for, Joe? I went 2 all as well. Um I think United were unlucky because Lingard and oh who else was it Martial Martial both uh, had to come off at was it just before or at yeah, half time yeah. with injuries. Um, it's probably not a great time for United. 
to um, be injury ridden. But so um, I think they're a bit unlucky in that manner. So although PSG were lacking players, United lost players halfway through the game. Yeah, and having to bring Sanchez on, it's not as Sanchez showed. It's not he, he didn't really do. I think he had no shots or like any significance in the he entire had game. starts. Yeah, like yeah, like that is a. Uh, Transfer has not really worked out, is it? No. Nah. Mm-hmm. Nah. Um He's been, been compared to um, a bottle of ketchup by the United <laughs> manager. <laughs> what sort of analogy is that? Yeah. Um, he said something along the lines of, there's nothing he can do to cause Sanchez to start scoring. It's, ju- it's like a bottle of ketchup, which um, you keep pouring upside down and nothing comes out. He says once a little bit starts coming out, it all comes out. <laughs> bit of a weird comparison, but who 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 was that? Um, uh, what's his name? Ollie. Yeah, Ollie. Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah. Joe, can you say that? Go on. Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Oh, there we go. Close enough, n- nailed it. it. Um, yeah, I think the standout player in this game for me was Di Maria oh, on his return oh, to Old yeah. Trafford. Um, just ripped through that Man United defence, didn't he? Really? Handled, handled the um, negative reception from the oh, crowd yeah, was a bit very odd well. He gave well. the stick back, didn't he? Yeah, 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 was, yeah. I found it a bit odd that they were so hostile towards him. I, uh, I know there was that time where, he, where people thought he faked the injury, um, but I, I, I just think that he wasn't cut out for United and Van Gaal didn't utilise him right when he was there. So I don't I don't really know why they the should fans, have built the team around him. Yeah, I don't know why the fans were I don't remember it being that hostile of a um of it for it when he left, I don't remember him being that hostile. Yeah. Like, Everyone's just like, Oh, I didn't work out a big money move. You know. Um Yeah, so Tottenham as well. Dominated. Yeah. I mean, second half definitely. Yeah. What a performance by Vertonghen! Yeah, Vertonghen oh, whipping like those balls. Roberto Carlos in his prime, weren't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, they won three 0 I, I mean, did we all predict a Dortmund win? I predicted a two all draw. I went two one Dortmund. I went two one Dortmund as well. Yeah, it's quite, sounding quite interesting. This Joe's getting a lot of the same predictions <laughs> as me. I didn't realise last week. <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I copied um, the Chelsea. Family. Chelsea fans think alike, you know. Um, <sighs> But yeah, it's not the usual Dortmund. Yeah, the Dortmund we're used to, to seeing and hearing about this season, is it really, boys? First half, I think Dortmund probably maybe the better team. I mean, Sancho down the right, he did look to sort of scare the Spurs defenders. But oh, and uh, Axel Zagadou had a header saved brilliantly by Lloris oh, just yeah, before half say, time, yeah. and then second half, Spurs were just a different animal. Yeah, different animal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's about all I'd have to say. Yeah. yeah, well, I think we can move on then. I don't really think there's too much more to say. But uh, besides that, Tottenham doing well to get that result because we were saying about the you know the thinness of their squad in recent episodes and missing Kane and Ericsson and say they're beating uh, Dortmund three 0 I think props to them to be fair. Um, so also on Wednesday was Ajax versus Real Madrid. Quite a, I'd say quite a close game to be fair from what I've seen of it. Um, Real Madrid eventually nicking it two one late on. I went for a two one victory as well. I yeah, I, I predicted that yeah. as well. Um, I, I, I didn't. Joe didn't. <laughs> what, what did you go again? Uh, I went three 0 Madrid, Ooh. and I definitely regret it now. Yeah, I mean, I, I just said like, like I said last week. I, I just think that Real Madrid 
do know how to turn up in the big games. Um, it's like when it comes to Champions League, this start, this point in the Champions League, they just it's their there's, competition. There's a little isn't switch it? in in within the squad, which just gets them playing like like we haven't been used to. So well, far. it was a last. I don't I don't know if any of you watched it. I didn't personally, so I don't know if it was an even game or anything. But it was just it was like an 87th minute winner. Oh, it I was unlucky yeah. not to get yeah. something on the game. That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah it was quite end to end. Um, and then a um, bit off topic because it's not exactly Champions League then Ramos went and picked up his 25th red card for the oh, club yeah he's, this the guy just keeps after. breaking records <laughs> yeah. doesn't he he loves the red card doesn't he yeah um, speaking of Champions League is a bit off topic they've just released the um, lineups for tonight's um, Liverpool Bayern Munich game. okay and do you know if uh, Firmino is in the team or yeah. not He's playing up front. He's playing up oh, because there was yeah. talks of him potentially being out of illness. Yeah, yeah. and then they've got Fabinho uh, in. Yeah, for Van Dijk. He's suspended. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so he's going to... He'll be tested tonight with the likes of Lewandowski. Is Lewandowski yeah. playing? Is it, do we know? If, uh, yeah, he is. He's yeah. up front as well. Who's on the wings for Bayern? Is it... Coleman. Is it Coleman and... Gnabry. Yeah. Pace then. Yeah. More youth. This yeah. Time, I mean. And then yeah, uh, Liverpool's back four is Robertson... Fabino, Matip, and Alexander Arnold. Okay, so obviously not ideal. Yeah, not ideal, but yeah, Lovren's out injured and Van Dijk is suspended. Gomez out as well, isn't he? So yeah, a few problems at the back for Liverpool. Yeah. Um. So let's go back to last week's Champions League games. Well, we'll finish it off. It was Roma versus Porto. We we didn't really expect a massive amount from this. Um. I went uh, one all. Turned out to be two one. What were you guys close? Did you get oh, it right? I went one one as well. Yeah, I went one nil Porto. Um, okay. Porto are doing decent in the, the Liga Nos. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas Roma aren't actually doing that well. I'm pretty sure. No, I think they sit about sixth uh, in Serie A. Yeah, so I wasn't. I was. I was not expecting anything from him. Um, I think I gave a brief mention to uh, Zaniola last week, and he cops up with two goals. Yeah, he, the youngster. Yeah, uh, he looks like he. I don't know, like Roma do produce some good, yeah. good talent as well. Yeah, a few years back we had Romagnoli, who's obviously now at AC Milan. Um, who was it as well? There's a couple of others in that team, a Pellegrini, Cristante as well. Like they're not playing the best. They do miss the likes of Nyan Golan, but um, still churning out really good young players. Um, to be fair, I didn't, I didn't watch this game. I've heard, I've heard it was pretty dry. It, it weren't a great game to be honest until like the 60th minute I've seen the highlights and yeah weren't really great yeah mm-hmm. um, is that all we want to say for the Champions League boys uh, yeah. from last week obviously yeah there's obviously a few games there's Leon Barcelona tonight uh, same as Liverpool Bayern and then there's uh, Atletico Madrid and Juventus and Schalke Man City tomorrow night yeah yeah um, Gave our predictions for those yeah, last so, week. Yeah, so obviously if you missed those, tune into last week's episode. Yeah, where we kind of talk more in, you know, in detail. So we won't we won't bore you talking about that same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to give a shout out to the Steel City Darts um, Varsity, uh, which t- which is taking place on Friday fifteenth of March. So th- the event is it is held held at the Octagon Centre at the University of Sheffield. Um, and it will be taking place between seven and twelve o'clock. Tickets are seven pound. Um, you know, just for a regular. What a seat. bargain! Yeah, 
And then if you want a table of six, it's £54. So if you guys... Wait, how much? £54. So Bargain. Yeah, if, if, you got, if you guys are interested in that, then do make sure to, to go along and support your it unis. It should be a good night. Yeah. Um, I can't reiterate enough. Bargain. Yeah, it'd be well worth it. So boys, should we get back to the football? We'll do our... Just a bit of a, an in-depth prediction for United versus Liverpool, maybe. Yeah, that's that's the only really notable what, the, Premier um, League game. Premier League fixture. Yeah, yeah, Premier League fixture. So, obviously, United versus Liverpool, this is going to be essential for the title race. Also for the race for the top four. Obviously, United win. They're going to look increasingly likely to to hold down fourth position, maybe third if they catch Spurs. Obviously, Liverpool win. It's going to give them a huge advantage. You know, three points is massive, isn't yeah, it? At this stage yeah. in the league, especially because the Liverpool have many. Liverpool have still got Tottenham uh, and Chelsea yeah, left to play, so they the could do with test yeah. left. They could yeah. definitely do with having a, a fr- <laughs> three extra points to lose. Yeah, I mean, we we were talking just before we filmed this. It's not it's not ideal that this they obviously have the game in hand on City, and this is going to be it. Like. It's not. They've also got a, the Merseyside derby coming up in a oh, couple of weeks. That'll be feisty. Hopefully, Pickford, you know, improved his catch. <laughs> catch it, yeah, yeah. Um, so, how do we see this one going? United versus Liverpool. Um, as I said, Lingard and Martial are both expected to be injured. Uh, well, they are. They're both. I'm pretty sure they're both ruled out of this one. Um, so that could cause some problems, especially if he's. I can't imagine he'd play Sanchez, but if he does, if he has the same performance as he got from him against PSG, it could be troublesome. Yeah, it's going to be a drop down in quality, isn't it? And oh, production. Massively. I mean, I I think it could be quite a high scoring game. I think maybe something like a 2 all, 3 2 to Liverpool. Um, I could see it potentially being a, a late winner from somebody like Shakiri. Well, we know what he did to them yeah. at uh, Anfield. Last, the last time Oli. Um, I'm just going to refer to him by his first name. Now. We're not mates, but um, <laughs> not trying to say the second name Good again. Um, last time he uh, went up against Liverpool uh, in his managerial career, they got battered 6 3, and that was when he was at Cardiff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'd so, probably say a draw for this. Yeah, I mean. I think a draw would be good for Man U. Do you not think it would be good for Liverpool? Don't want to be dropping points. Yeah, really especially against. when they've got three. Obviously, I'm not saying Everton aren't doing fantastic this season, but it's still a Merseyside derby. They've got three games, which are going to be challenging games. Yeah, any point, all points matter. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think Liverpool, obviously, like you said, they'll they'll want to get three points, but I don't think they'd be too downhearted getting a point because I feel like, especially with yeah, still yeah, a the, good result at Old Trafford. Yeah, it? that's the way you got to look at it as well. Away game against your biggest rival, um, I think they'll feel like they could get um, the bulk of their points and get mainly three points from the rest of their games against the teams lower down the table. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for two all, I think. I know we all gave our um, our thoughts on who would win the title a couple of weeks back. Do we all still think City? I think um, Man United have definitely got a, a, big play to, a big part to play in who wins the title based yeah. on the fact that City... Have City got a go to Old Trafford or have, is it the Etihad? I can't. It's, I don't know if it's the. I can check now if you really want. Um, it's at Old Trafford. 
Is it Old Trafford? Yeah. So um, Liverpool and City both got to go to Old Trafford. Yeah. So it's it's not in Man United's hands exactly because obviously City are ahead on goal difference at the moment, but that's just they've got a game in hand on on Liverpool. Um, but I think if Liverpool drop points here, I can see City picking up three points easier at Man United than Liverpool, in my opinion. It's going to be odd, odd reception for the Man, you know, for Man U fans in both games because they're not, you know, they don't want. We spoke to Adam earlier that who is a Man U fan, he doesn't want any of them to win. So it's it's kind of like catch twenty two. Who who do they want to win? I think most of them would probably. I can't speak on their behalf, but they'd probably rather City. Yeah, just because of that really real strong um City have got City have won titles before this would be Liverpool's first yeah, Premier League I mean, title so. the Liverpool fans on Twitter you know, we all know what they're like um, <laughs> well, they make they make a lot of noise don't they I'm not not saying it's all negative but, but I say that's an overgeneralization well um don't want to get some said. don't want to get some angry scousers that sorry me? sorry sorry to the scousers out there um so what did you predict Joe did you uh, I'm gonna go two one Liverpool. I think they'll, I think they'll. Um, I think it'll be close, but I think Liverpool will just pip them to it. Do you think there'll be a standout player in this game? Someone's going to you know grab the. I'd the game like to see a very old-fashioned game, or like not obviously Liverpool Man United it's not a derby, but you know what I mean, rivals. Rivalry, yeah. Where I know you never want to see people get sent off, but I like I, I like. Uh, old fashioned the drama yeah. yeah Ashley Young getting sent off that's what I can see happening well yeah because he what was it he pushed Dean Rear into the over the yeah. Old Trafford what straight into the like advertisement yeah, box yeah. yeah no yeah Young bit of a rash player sometimes at right yeah back. still shocked that he's been in doing. games like this though the players who you think are very proper calm can easily just flip a switch like that yeah. and go mental yeah um, it's not nice to see, but it's also entertaining to watch. So it's uh, also on Sunday. Obviously, United Liverpool taking place this Sunday is um, the Carabao Cup final. So obviously, Chelsea versus Man City. Um, we did t- obviously we touched upon both both teams earlier. Um, I mean, I think we we spoke about it. Well, actually, it was when we did our predictions for the the league game. I remember I was very optimistic saying that Chelsea could potentially nick it. Um, obviously, a couple of weeks on now, do not have anywhere near the same optimism as back then. So um, for me, I think this could be a you know a three-one city, and they'll take another piece of silverware away with them. Four-nil city. Four-nil. Four-nil. I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to predict something like six-nil. Um, Let's hope not. Let's hope not. No, I probably got to say Benford Thursday nights, haven't we? Oh. <laughs> if Sarri is still in the job, um, we all know how he's going to line up, how he's going to play. I just think City are going to dominate. Yeah, three nil, three one, something like that. Yeah. Um, Joe, I know you did want to talk about the Championship in particular, um, Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. So, give us all you all you know. Oh, okay, I'll give you everything. Well, then. Tonight, <laughs> give me everything. Um, right, United. Uh, they just well, they played not bottom of the league, but close to bottom of the league. Reading at the weekend, it was just pure domination. It wasn't anything else. <laughs> oh, it, it um, Wilder chose to rest McGoldrick and Sharp, who I think have got the overall highest combined 
goal partnership in the championship at the moment, uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it was just... I, it was one of them games where I wish I'd probably been there because I imagine it was just... It had just been a great game to watch. What did you say the score was? 4-0. Oh, yeah. Medine got his um, first goal... Well, first two goals for the club. Uh, and I am, I am quite pleased on how like um, well he's been received because obviously before he joined, when the rumours were going around a lot of... United fans, and I imagine some United fans are still against it, um, didn't want him there because of all the off-the-pitch drama which had happened in the past. Um, what, what was this? I, I'm not aware of this. Wasn't there something about... I, I don't remember if this is true or not. Um, but I As seem, Joe drops his papers. <laughs> wow, thanks for that one. Um, I seem to remember there being some stuff about him fighting a United fan. But I don't know if that's fact or not. Didn't he used to be a Wednesday player? He, he as used well. to play for Wednesday, but I and I, I think he's made some comments about United players in the past. All right. So when he originally was um, um, linked to the club, the response wasn't as positive as um, Wilder would have probably liked. Yeah. Um, so you think he's starting to win over the fans? Yeah, I think enough of them had enough faith. Uh, in Wilder to, and let's face it, he'll have definitely gone to the dressing room or asked certain players in the dressing room. I'm looking into Medine. What do you think? Because there's no way he'd have got, he'd have just snapped him up without asking anyone else. About yeah, it. asking other people. Who would you say those players were that you'd go to? Who were like the key, you know, the figureheads for United? They're the ones who take responsibility. Um, I don't think it's even more of the. Um, Responsibility, I think it was more just making sure that as a team, they'd connect Yeah, like well. so, obviously, you know, Chelsea in the past, it was always like, you always think of Terry, Lampard, Drogba, Cole. Who who would it be for United, would you say? Obviously, I think in the Medine situation, probably Sharp. But that's, again, I, I can't remember if these were just allegations or not, but I seem to remember reading stuff about, again, stuff he said about him in the past. I don't know if that's true. So I don't, I want to say like uh, allegedly said it. Yeah. But it's kind of, if I was, a, if I was someone, I wouldn't really want to play with someone who had been bad quoted, yeah, yeah, bad mouth in me in the past. Um, but yeah, I'd definitely say shot. Yeah. Um, so this, this game, United battered them basically. Oh, here we go. Um, apparently he was jailed um, because of a fight in a um, Sheffield nightclub. Not really. Oh. Um, in, in Vibe Rooms, actually. Oh. oh, yeah, I know. Not far down the road from where we're recording, is it? No. No. Um, but he actually he punched a Wednesday fan. Oh. Um, not a United fan. Um, oh, and then he punched a United fan. I imagine, <laughs> it, I imagine it probably wasn't, that wasn't just the whole story, but that's what the court records show. Yeah. So I imagine that's probably why a lot of United fans were hostile mm. as well. Well, yeah, you don't want, well, did, how recent was he brought in? Was it in January? Or was yeah. It, yeah, so you don't, with Sheffield United, it seems like quite a harmonious team at the minute. It's, you know, squad of players, the manager uh, seems to have authority. You, you don't really want to bring somebody in that's going to disrupt that, do you? It's like with a few years back with the Ched Evans, situation you don't want to bring even though he might have been cleared of being you know he's innocent or whatever you don't want to bring somebody who has that negative those negative vibes into the team into a settled squad 
you know, it's it's asking for trouble, really, isn't it? Uh, I just I I've done a little bit of research whilst you were talking. Yeah, um, apparently he was filmed at a bar calling Sharp a fat little pig. Wonderful. Um, just what you want. From two your, years where we were signed. Future teammate. Yeah, so that's why I was meeting Neil. Have definitely probably gone to it, but I, de- I think they've accepted him very well. Was this recently? What calling the, him that? Yeah, like the obviously all these uh, the f- scenarios. Um, the calling him it was a couple of years ago, and. The jail sentence was in 2013. Well, okay. that's when the article so was. A fair bit back. So it's, it's a good six years ago. Yeah. Right. For our times when we, we go to five rooms then, boys. Um, <laughs> mm. Is there anything else you really want to talk about in Championship? I mean, Norwich, I know that Norwich yeah, picked We'd up like on. to give Norwich a quick yeah. mention. Um, <laughs> wait. You know? So Norwich are top, aren't Ooh. they? Two no. points above United. Yeah, yeah. And I think Leeds have got a game in hand, but they are... They could go top. They could go top, yeah. I just... Yep. Norwich also won 4-0. Against Bolton. And yeah, against another relegation sort of battling team. Norwich have been brilliant this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I no, don't know. They've brought in some uh, players from the Youth Academy, like Jamal Lewis, Max Ahrens and Todd Cantwell, who have been performing really well. Uh, obviously... They lost some big name players like James Madison and Pritchard over recent seasons, but um, thanks to sporting director Stuart Weber, they've been bringing in some second division German talent, which have really hit the ground running, like Vrancic and Hernandez Zimmerman. And of course, a shout out to Timu Puki, who's now on 23 goals for the season. He's just been a revelation free signing. Uh, I obviously didn't watch much. I don't know if you watched the highlights or anything, but it was against Bolton. Um, just looking at the score sheet, a lot of the, uh, two or three of the goals were quite close in um, they followed each other quite closely this is a bit off topic because you're on about Norwich here but do you think it was probably Bolton conceding yet again and then just heads going down and then it, it's just all over the second they concede yeah same with what you were saying with United versus Reading um, team competing for promotion versus a team battling relegation and Really, the 4-0 victories from both tell the story. Yeah. You've seen it in the past with Bolton. Obviously, Bolton aren't like a local club at all, but you see it quite often with relegation battling teams. Once one goal goes in, more seem to follow. And to be honest, at this point, it's kind of looking a bit more hopeless for Bolton. They're sitting three points from safety, which doesn't sound much, but the way they're playing, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't survive the drop this year. Yeah, um, I've just got the championship top scorers up. We obviously alluded to uh, Timu Puki then, also Billy Sharp. Who do you think that will you know win the Golden Boot for this for the division? So we've got Puki's on twenty three, um, Billy Sharp's on twenty two, and you've got Tammy Abraham twenty, and then others like Che Adams on nineteen, Neil Morpai eighteen. What do we think? Do we think Puki or yeah, Puki or Sharp? I think yeah. are going to be there up yeah. until the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, do do Norwich have any other like um, goal threats other than just um, they're getting goals from other parts of the pitch? Francic and Hernandez, who I alluded to earlier, but yeah, Puki is really the main supplier of goals for the club. They have got you know former Wensley striker Jordan Rhodes on the bench, but. He doesn't really get a look in at the minute, mainly a bit part player, but it's a good player to have from off the bench if, you know, Pookie's underperforming and they can bring in a proven goal scorer at that level. Because United have got like two main, 
they've got Sharp, obviously, then they've got McGoldrick on 11, I think. Um, yeah, he's on 11. Yeah, so... So they've got some good strikers for that level, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. So the Bundine as well, haven't they got someone else? Yeah, who's... Is there a fourth, a fourth I'm thinking of, but I Sheffield can't. United. Uh, they've got Clark. Oh, no, we yes. haven't got Clark anymore, have they? Oh, is he, is he gone? Pretty sure he was... Is I can't remember where he's gone. Is it Wigan? Uh, it's somewhere on... Is it on loan as well? Yeah. There's Wigan, yeah. Yeah. Well, to replace the void left by Big Will Grigg, you know, going <laughs> to Sunderland. Oh, yeah, Scott Hogan on loan. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Villa, yeah. Has he, has he had much of a look in recently or um, signing? I think he's been subbed on a bit. He might have, did he, st- he might have started against Reading because um, I know he, um, while arrested. Goldrick and Sharp. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I've, I don't know exactly to be honest. Surprised McGoldrick's still playing. I remember when he used to play Forest. He was all right, but um, obviously went to Ipswich, did well. Gone to United now. How old is he? About 32? Yeah. He has been around for a fair while, hasn't he? Yeah. I don't know how long he'll be able to Um, He's 31. Oh, he's only 31. I mean, don't personally think he's Premier League level. They started with Hogan up front. Yeah. Do you, like, both... So, United and Norwich, if they were both to go up, Obviously, I know you could easily say on oh, Norwich because they are higher, but who do you think would be right now better equipped um, to stay up? That's a tough one. I haven't, I haven't seen yeah, enough I, of Norwich playing, so I can't. I, I wouldn't be able to tell I'd you. Throw this out here, and I'd think out of them two, I'd go one step below at the minute in the table and say Leeds would probably be the best equipped. Do you think side with Bielsa? Yeah, he's um, very pragmatic, isn't he? Yeah, Bielsa. We saw against Forest uh, in the festive period where they got um, one of their centre-backs sent off or them, I think it was Kev- Kelvin Phillips I think that was his name uh, and they actually played Bielsa actually went to like a free at the back where there's one centre-back um, what's his name? The tall Oh Pontus Janssen Yeah that's it Janssen yeah and he was literally it was literally it was quite entertaining to watch it was a, a one-on-one battle against uh, Murphy Strike Forest. Very entertaining. No, it, well, it was. It was quite good one on one, you know. Um, and then, of course, also up there, you got West Brom score goals for fun. And they've got quite a lot of the players left over from uh, the Premier League last season yeah. still in the team, like Rodriguez and Gale. Yeah. I, I can see, um, as you were saying about like which team would be better equipped, I don't think United will get automatic promotion. Um, Leeds, is, Leeds have got Bolton upcoming and then their game in hand is against QPR who are also relatively low down uh, and I think the only reason United are second at the moment is probably because Leeds have played less games really Would you say United have had because most teams in a like 46 game season tend to go through a bit of a blip or a, you know, a patch on their run would you say United have had a blip already this season or do you think it might still be to come? I don't want to say it'll still be to come, but they have got not the hardest of games, but they have still got relatively. They've still got Leeds. I think it might be Leeds. Quite a few up. local clashes coming. They've got Leeds. Um, who else? Wednesday, Wednesday still. And it's, Rotherham as well. Yeah, and it's at Hillsborough as well. Yeah. Yeah, they've got. They've got West Brom at the weekend away, which is always yeah, which is going to be a hard game. Difficult. And West Brom are right on United's tail as well. Um, then Wednesday away, then Rotherham at home. And then a couple of weeks later, they got Leeds away as well. So it's not. Yeah, that's, that's then, too be a test, isn't it? it? Like, they've in the next like 
couple of weeks where we've got local derbies or teams who are playoff around you, playoff yeah. places. Yeah. So it isn't. It's not a cup of tea at the moment. So this could be the spell you're on about. Yeah, it's going to be a real test for the squad, isn't it? To see, you know, if the depth is there. I mean, obviously, playing Hogan and Medine works fine against Reading, but the, this is going to be a different kettle of fish. With I think that's probably why. Um, Give them a uh, Wilders. Yeah, recharge. Yeah, recharge. Yeah, like yeah, you might see it as well against Rotherham. I know it's still like a local thing, but Rotherham are sitting at the bottom of the table as well. So you yeah. might see possibly he'll rest. A little players. bit of rotation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it from Championship. Really, I mean, maybe just uh, give a shout out to obviously the fixtures for both your two teams last in you know midweek. I mean, Sheffield United beat Middlesbrough, didn't they? And didn't Norwich lose away at Preston? Yeah, three one. Yeah, that was a bit of a you know an odd result. Yeah, it was really, but they've bounced back. Yeah, obviously bouncing back. You know, obviously yeah. Sheffield United are just scoring f- for the fun of it at the minute. So. Um, yeah, well, we've seen that against people like Villa as well, haven't we? I know they threw away a lead, but it's still three goals, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, oh, I think, we're, was it boxing you guys wanted to talk about next? Um, yeah, I think Nathan, you've got yeah. a story about Fury. Yeah, I heard Nathan has some yeah. stuff. <laughs> Nathan knows a lot about stories. Yeah. Can you give us some more? Well, um, there was big news yesterday for boxing. Um, Tyson Fury, you all know Tyson Fury. Yeah, yeah. Signed the Gypsy King himself. Yeah, he signed a uh, lucrative heavyweight deal with the American Sports Network, ESPN, believed to be around £80 million. And the deal will see ESPN cover Fury's next five fights in the States, while his fights uh, will remain on BT Sport for the UK. Um, As part of the deal, this will see Fury continue to be promoted by Frank Warren, but also now by the legendary Bob Arum, the CEO of Top Rank, Known for having promoted the likes of boxing legends such as Muhammad Ali and Floyd Mayweather. Um, it, Warren said it's probably one of the biggest things to happen to a British sportsman. It is something special. It's um, So basically, the, for any like casual boxing fans, it, the lowdown is that um, all three of the biggest heavyweights in the world at the moment, uh, Wilder, Fury and Joshua, Joshua. Um, they're all signed to different TV networks, isn't it? Yeah, Fury of ESPN. You got Wilder with Showtime in the states as well, and then Josh was just recently signed with the Zone, a new streaming network. So it's going to make getting the fights the public want a lot harder now. I mean, Wilder and Fury, the rematch has been on the cards for quite a while, and um, originally they were sort of penciling in around May time for the fight, but if you didn't know, like boxing, the politics behind book and fights is mm-hmm. just really complex. And well, you've seen, I, mean, I presume you've seen Joshua's Instagram. Was it Instagram video he made announcing his next fight against um, Miller? Yeah, yeah. He just seemed so. He's infused. not really asked. He seemed so inf- enthusiastic about it. Like he, I don't know if that was maybe because he he was recording at a right weird angle. Like he's, it looked like he had no neck, but he we, just. You can tell he wants the big fights, but. He's just getting given Miller. I mean, it's a, it's an all right debut for America for him at Madison Square Garden on June the first, but it's not really a fight that's going to really entice the public. Or, yeah, like the boxing fans or the casual fans are really going to be like, I'll, I'll still watch it. But, I'll still watch it, but it ain't going to be anything I'm going to be like 
Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, like when we watched, you know, uh, I don't know if you Wild Fury, yeah, yeah, we everyone was on the you know edge of their seat because yeah. it's two two of the best going going against each other. Um, whereas, no disrespect to Joshua's opponents and like previous opponents, but we've all always felt that he's going to be quite comfortable and as good as an athlete. Yeah, in most, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it against them, um, Klitschko. Yeah, I enjoyed obviously, that. Obviously, he was like very older than that's him, what but. i mean so we need we need people that are around his age around his ability and these two fit the bill perfectly well this is the problem you've got three of the best heavyweights the division has seen in quite a few years all at the top of their game all at the right sort of age but it's looking sort of unlikely these fights are going to happen anytime soon within the next year or year and a half or so so you really want these fighters against each other when they're at their peak rather than say like with the Pacquiao situation when he fought Mayweather in 2015, it weren't really Pacquiao at his ultimate peak. You want to see these fighters going head to head when they are at their best. But who technically do you think is the best boxer? As in, like, technic from a technical standpoint, like um, in Fury v Wilder, Fury just completely outboxed him, like yeah. on on every level. Like I know it was obviously a a draw well not a draw wait was it a draw no it was a yeah it was a draw it was a draw but that means Wilder retains the title but he just outboxed him yeah a Fury for me is hands down the best heavyweight in the division from a technical standpoint at the minute Wilder's most definitely the hardest hitting biggest puncher in the division and then Joshua sort of gone under the radar in a couple of recent months really um, he's progressed like so well Um He's just improving in every aspect of in the ring. He's getting obviously big knockouts and he's had a couple of longer round sort of fights recently. Um, yeah, back to the World of Fury rematch. As I said, it was aimed for around May, but now it's not going to really materialise. It's unlikely because obviously Wilder with Showtime and Fury with ESPN, these two big heavy networks it's going to be hard for them to find an agreement. Yeah. They're not going to want to compromise, are they? No. The the uh, World Boxing Council did order a rematch between them and this allowed like a sort of period for them to negotiate a deal. And if a deal couldn't be met, the WBC would have called for purse bids, which basically allows both sides to just bid on the rights to the stage of fight or any other promoter, regardless of Showtime or SPM. Um, and that would have been 60-40 in favour of Wilder. But Fury's promoters have already said they weren't really happy with 40%. They're, yeah. They're not going to settle for, for little, are they? No. And then Fury, um, it would be sort of damaging with the new £80 million deal for ESPN to give away the fight to Showtime or let another promoter, for example, Matchroom Boxing host the fight. And then... Wilder could accept an offer from ESPN, but that seems unlikely because it was sort of damages ties to showroom. The other option is for them to be jointly promoted, and Frank Rowan has said he would he wouldn't mind doing that together with Matchroom Boxing for the AJ Fury fight you said about earlier. So there really isn't any reason as to why ESPN and Showtime couldn't share the pay per view on US soil. But but say so what what fight do you want to see more? Because I personally would rather see. Fury Joshua than yeah. Fury Wilder again. Like, I, yeah. obviously, maybe Wilder will completely change something. I think um, just because it, as obviously as um, British people as well, seeing obviously 
two they're two of the, those two uh fury and joshua are two of the best in the world but obviously representing our country as well it'd be great to see who, who would you root for the golden boy of boxing or oh, fury fury all day for me um i don't think i'd root for anyone personally yeah. i think as long i'd like to see it go the full way i'd yeah, like to that, see a, a yeah, full yeah. a full like or at least at least into like the higher like double digit rounds where you get your money's worth where you feel like yeah yeah well not even the, the money's worth because let's face it the amount of people who illegally stream it nowadays not, is not, not really. i said it literally but you know what I mean? Like you, you tune in. There's so much hype for it. You want to that be would be a Wembley sellout. I would. I, I, I say I would love to see them just go 12 rounds like the full way. Like, yeah, that'd be such a good. This is why I love Wilder Fury and why I would want to see a rematch between those two as well. But Bob Arum, who I briefly mentioned earlier, the new promoter, legendary promoter who's now promoting legendary. Fury, said he envisions a rematch between the two, and he said it could reach one to two million homes. To put that into context, Mike Tyson versus Lennox Lewis in 2002 drew 1.9 million and Floyd Mayweather versus Pacquiao in uh, 2015 drew 4.6 million. So pretty good, really good numbers to be fair. And he said the only way to do that, to sort of get those numbers to homes in America would be for the general sports fan to get to know the guys. So with the five fight deal, it's looking likely Fury probably fight someone like Joseph Parker or Kubrat Pulev next rather than one of the big fights as we've mentioned so yeah they're not really bad fights they're just not the fights the public want yeah so we're just gonna have to sit through these for a couple of well, years maybe yeah it is the best it is one of if not the best heavyweight scene we've seen ever i don't know i don't know about your opinions on it but we you as you said we've got three of the best heavyweights ever and it's at this rate, it could all be for nothing. Because I said the last thing we want to see is Wilder uh, is jo- uh, Joshua take on like a not out of form but a past his peak Fury or something like that. Yeah, this yeah. is the thing with Fury um, when he fights lesser fighters, his performances it's boring really. In Twelve rounds and he'll just glide pie and get the win, but. When he's fighting the big names like Wilder, as we saw in Klitschko before in 2015, he really turns up and you just see a technical masterclass. So you don't really want to waste Fury on some lesser fighters. And then in a couple of fights time, he's not got the motivation or he's not the same fighter he was two fights back when he could have fought a bigger name, if you see what I'm saying. For me, it'd be a shame just because of the, you know, the agreements, the more technical agreements behind the fighters. I'm sure, well, I don't know. I can't speak for them, but I'm I'm sure they'd be, it'll be, surely it'd be an appealing prospect to fighting, you know, the three of them, two of them fighting either one of each other. And for the the streaming, you know, networks to get in the way of that. I mean, as sporting fans, you want to see the best go up against the best. You know, that's why people love watching the El Clasico, Messi versus Ronaldo. Well, they did when Ronaldo was still at Real Madrid. Yeah. But obviously Messi versus Ronaldo, yeah, it's, it's all um, business though now isn't it that's what I mean it's I all mean, about money isn't it yeah, yeah. The day. but it's like when in the first episode with me and Adam shot we were talking about the tennis players and how um, blessed we are that we have so and have had so many quality um, tennis players recently you know Andy Murray Djokovic Nadal Federer um, it's the same the same applies here in the boxing we want to see the best go against the best 
and if if it doesn't happen, it will live to you know regret it. You know, looking back, thinking if only, not talking about what actually happened. Yeah, this isn't to say these fights aren't going to happen soon because they could, but it is looking sort of unlikely at the minute. Yeah, what's going to happen next is really up in the air, and this will only sort of become clear once we see Fury's first fight under the SPN contract. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think we should move on to the golf guys? Yeah. I know there was well, a, a breaking story. Speaking about money, isn't there? Yeah. Well, as we were speaking about money, um, there's been... it ha- The actual uh, context of this story happened in late November last year. And it's about a golfer called Matt Kuchar. Or Kuchar. Yeah. Um, and the background to it is um, he was once one of the highest paid golfers. Um, and he was earning, he earned in 2012, 12.5 mil. Uh, and now his net worth is between about 20 mil and 25 mil. Um, so basically this golfer goes down to Mexico um, last year and decides to take part in a tournament um, with a prize fund, uh, with a, what would you call it? A winner's kitty of about $1.3 million. Um, but instead of taking his regular caddy, John Wood, um, he decided to... Oh, no, John Wood had a previous commitment, so he had to go and hire a local caddy down in Mexico. So he found this guy called um, David Ortiz, and he agreed uh, a fee of about four grand, or four uh, $4,000, sorry. So not a great amount. Not a massive amount, but um, that was if he progressed into the final day um, and had a chance to, to win big. I mean, he also said there's an undisclosed bonus if I win to the to the caddy. Um, Kusha hasn't won a game. I mean, hasn't won a tournament in four years. So before this tournament, you'd have probably not put your money on him, maybe. I don't know who else was taking part in it. But um, competition went on and he went and only went and won it and won around $1.3 million. And as a bonus to his caddy for winning... He gave him 0.38% of his winnings, which was an extra $1,000, um, which sounds not that generous, but it's still, you're giving him extra money because you won. The controversy gets to the point where a few months later, or a few weeks later, Otis contacts um, the golfer's agent saying, I'd like 50K, please, from his winnings. That's about 5%. That's about five or six percent that's that's about right i yeah. should get that he only gets sent fifteen thousand, and he's like i don't want it anymore so he gives it him back and goes public with the story the reason why this has got so much attention is because technically speaking there's no written law about how much a golfer has to pay a caddy but technically speaking normally about 10 percent of the if the pro wins the tournament it's about 10% of his winnings goes to the caddy, which in this case should be about 130 grand, just under that. Yeah. And he and they wouldn't even pay him 50K. For some reason, instead of hiring a PR team, like any other normal athlete who comes under scrutiny yeah. would do, he decided to handle it himself, because everyone knows that's the best way of dealing with stuff like this, um, and, and said... For someone like him, it's a great week to be paid five grand, which many have come out and criticised because it's 
reiterating the ideology of us and them. It's yeah. kind so of so it's a bit of a slap in the face. Yeah. Te- was he was he not the way he said it but was he right to only pay him five grand mm. if like you said the unwritten rule is sort of in place and it's followed by m- most not if all golfers and it's an etiquette sort of issue then surely he should have given him Cause a satisfactory amount bear, bear in mind if he hadn't have got um through if he hadn't have made the cut he'd have just paid him he'd have paid him four grand up front so is it is it right that his that he only paid him a grand extra even though he just won point he just won 1.3 mil um well i think this is where perhaps this needs to be looked you know if there might be a, a law that comes into the game more concrete rather than etiquette um if you promise if you have to pay someone if that's the rule, then you should. If if it's not part, if it's not a certain, you know, a concrete rule, then, you know, there's probably not an issue with it. But something needs to be said here and really finalised. I definitely think if perhaps maybe he hadn't won it or maybe he'd finished, I don't know, outside, like inside the top 10 maybe. So he'd still got a good chunk of money, but not loads. Maybe we wouldn't be seeing it as much, but definitely because he won the reason why this story probably went public is because he won such a large sum of money when he's already got a large sum of money and he still wouldn't kind of reward the caddy with the funds. Before he um, actually hired a PR person to come and resolve the whole situation, he also said he wouldn't be losing sleep over the entire like argument. So he doesn't really see the bad side of... Not that it's like the bad mo- in that sort of terms, but the morals. Yeah, the moral side of it. I think it's definitely how he handled it. Because if he'd have came out straight away and got maybe a PR team or someone to say, before the tournament started, we agreed on this, this, this and this. Um, or if they just paid him the 50k um, instead of just 15k, it would have looked a lot better for him. But then when he comes out and says stuff like, for someone like him, it's in our in our culture and our society nowadays, especially with all the Trump stuff with anti Mexican and stuff like that. It is not, it's not a, it's not a place. It's to not really, helpful. Yeah, it's not a place to bandy about. And even if that's not what he he meant to imply, it's not great him saying stuff like that. Yeah, it's just not going to do any any good for him really. Even if even if it comes out that he doesn't have to pay him the money that that was promised um, or that he should. Um, his reputation is going to be worse off after this because he's going. He looks quite arrogant in this, and like Joe said, you know, the us and them. It really, you know, for the people that are watching golf, they might, you know, they're not going to exactly be pleased by the comments that he's made. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's a smart move what he's done. He has he has come out now and said, and I quote. Um, the media made it seem like I was marginalising David Ortiz and his final financial situation, which was not my intention. I read them again and cringed. Um, so he obviously, I don't know if that's true. I doubt any respected athlete would really come out and be that, um, I don't want to say racist, but you know what I mean. Um, not do, oh, what, what word would you say for it? What what are you trying to get at? Like um, belittling or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he'd come out and... 
actively try and be belittling. I think he just said a, in a in a time where everything we say is documented, you kind of got to be more careful with yeah. what you're saying. Twice. Over sensitive matters like that. Yeah. Um, so this this has just come out recently. Is it quite a breaking um, story, is it? The, the whole drama with the, um, the actual competition was in November. Yeah. But um, I think because they only gave him 15K and he didn't want that, that money, he wanted more. He basically gave them the 15,000 back and then came to the press about it. It came out about sometime last week. Um, but uh, now it's, I'm pretty sure it's been resolved. He's issued an apology, as I've just said. He said he'll pay... Um, in the caddy in full and also I think he's donating money to the Mayakobo Golf Classic which is the competition yeah um, kind of just to smooth everything over I suppose he doesn't want any more negativity attracted yeah. towards him well it's good that obviously that's um, that he's sorting it out but is he do if he if the caddy didn't yeah. bring it up would he have it's, done it's that it's that whole Discussion you know I mean? in it, yeah. It's the publicity, is it a publicity stunt, you know what I mean, to make his reputation to... I wouldn't even it. call it a publicity stunt. It's more of a, you're right, if the caddy hadn't come out and said it, he, he, he probably wouldn't have... He wouldn't have thought twice. He wouldn't, well, he said before before the whole controversy, he said, he, he literally came out and said he wouldn't be losing sleep over the row. Yeah. So, it, it, this is what we often see um, with people in power where they... You know, unless the the media do bring it to the attention of the people, they won't. They won't. They yeah. That's well. That's the media's job in it to keep them in check. Yeah, as we learned in our recent lectures, journalism students. Yeah, <laughs> using you know transferring our turned it into a journalism podcast, haven't we? There we go, Adam. There's another one yeah, for you. Westwood, Westwood would, would be, be loving it. Oh, yeah. Um, but he wishes he hadn't gone to Aldi now, doesn't he? <laughs> um, yeah. Is that? I think. We can wrap this episode up, boys. I mean, oh wait! Apparently, oh. he only paid him fifty grand. He paid him the full amount what the caddy asked for, which is still only like, is it about four? It's about I'm not good at maths. It's yeah, about, it's about yeah, three and a half percent, maybe four yeah. percent of his total earnings, which obviously is still a lot of money. Um, but I think it, it, it might have been nice if he'd have paid him the full ten percent, which caddies normally receive. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know if that's just based on the fact that. It his no, normally pros caddies follow him around tournaments of a kind of more um, they're closer with their caddies. So I don't know, but still, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's about it for this week, boys. Yeah. Um, do make sure to join us next week. We'll obviously be reacting to and you know reviewing League Cup final, won't we? Yeah, League and Cup United Liverpool and also Champions League. Another as well. another six 0 win for City. <laughs> oh, let's Fingers hope not. crossed, boys. Let's hope not. Um, pray for it. Yeah, not so to I, pray I, for I, pray for Chelsea. <laughs> honestly, if if it is another six 0 I might just have to ask someone else. Yeah, it'll to just step be, it'll just forward. be me on my own. Yeah. Just replay my comments from this week if Sarri's <laughs> still in the job. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Do make sure, as I said, to join us next week. Um, yeah, goodbye from me, Josh. Yeah, bye. Yeah, bye. See you in a bit, guys. Thank you. I will love it if we beat them.
Dove? 